Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to White Oak Baptist Church, our missions conference this Monday evening. <clears throat> Take your hymn book, 479, in your hymn book, 479. Let's all stand and sing 479, I Am Resolved, 1st, 3rd, and 5th of 479. Verse number one. I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Verse 3. I am resolved to follow the Savior, faithful and true each day. Heed what he saith, do what he willeth, he is a living way. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Verse 5. I am resolved, and who will go with me? Come, friends, without delay. Taught by the Bible, led by the Spirit, will walk the heavenly way. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Good evening. Welcome to uh, Monday night of the Missions Conference. And just uh, thrilled to death to have you all here. What a great time that uh, the pastoral staff had with the missionaries today. We took them out to Mystic and we, uh, we did... Uh, then they uh, went out and had a, a burgers with the teenagers last night. And uh, what a great time that was. And I'm excited about what God's going to do in our midst tonight at our church. And uh, through the preaching where the Raiders going to be preaching for us. And then Brother and Mrs. Raider are going to be singing for us in a little bit. So that's going to be neat. Mrs. Sarah plays the guitar, the guitar. So she's going to borrow Brother Ben's guitar. And uh, they're going to get up here and they're going to get at it. And we're looking forward to hearing them uh, uh, bless our heart with that. So hope you came with your heart prepared and ready to go. Let's greet one another. We'll come back and sing the chorus. It's already on the screen. We'll come back and sing that in just a moment. All right, let's sing that chorus. Here we go. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Let's pray as we open up the conference this evening. 
It's uh, good to have Joanne Wilson in the service for the first time in a good long time. Good to see you back there. And uh, she's uh, still on the mend with some things, so keep her, continue to keep her in your prayers. But it's good to have her here tonight. All right, Pastor Dave as well. Pastor Dave's still out and sick, and Miss Krista's been home pampering him and helping him to feel better. Hopefully, I hope, if he's let you do that, right? Uh, it's hard to keep a good man down. But um, keep praying for Pastor Dave that he'll get better and uh, that he'll be able to be here with us maybe, maybe tomorrow night, uh, depending on how he's feeling. So, all right, let's pray and we'll open our conference tonight. Lord, thank you for uh, our opportunity to be here on a Monday night in your house. I think of Hebrews 12 that says so much the more as you see the day approaching. And Lord, we, uh, we long for the day that you come back and the trumpet sounds and we, we get to sing together in perfect harmony in heaven for all of eternity. But Lord, until that day, may we gather here and Lord, may we give our best effort to worship you, to serve you, Lord, to um, emphasize the need, uh, the global need of, of souls being saved. Lord, while there are many humanitarian needs feeding hungry stomachs, Lord, it's the dying eternal soul that needs the gospel. So as we emphasize that this evening and we look at that uh, this week, may we have our hearts stirred in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Take your songbook once again. 450, 541, sorry, 541 in your songbook. 541s will sing, Set My Soul Afire, the first and the last. 541. 541 on the first. Set my soul afire, Lord, for thy holy Set my 
Okay, um, I would like to take a moment out of the service to do something a little spontaneous. And uh, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to ask the church to not leave me out on a limb here, okay? Um, I would like to open, open up and give the church an opportunity to share about their, uh, if there's somebody here, I know there are plenty of you here, that have been giving faithfully to Faith Promise missions over the years. How that while you stepped up by faith to give, God stepped up and took care of your financial needs. Is there somebody here that has a testimony of that and would like to share that? Barb, go ahead. Being faithful to give the Lord his money and, and to, to supply the missionary needs around the world. And God has a way of moving funds miraculously to, what, to, to cover our needs. Amen. Anybody else have a testimony of that nature? Where they, they put out for the Lord through faith, promise, giving, and then God saw their needs met. Barb's the only one? My wife and I have been giving to missions for many years now and uh, through the Faith Promise program. And I can second what Barb said is there have been times where it was tight. But God has always supplied for every single need. In fact, uh, I keep our budget on a, on a spreadsheet and computer. And there have been times uh, in our, our uh, financial life where the outgo, the necessary outgo, far exceeded the income. And I did not know how the bills are going to get covered every month. But... The tithe and offering kept going out, and God just kept paying the bills over and over and over and over and over again. I can also think back to a time in college I didn't tithe, and I got a ticket for the exact same amount of the uh, amount that I skipped on my tithe check. So God has a way of getting what's his, whether we want to give it to him or not. So when you step up by faith promise and you give, God blesses. Was that a raised hand? Miss Krista? Amen. See, these things aren't coincidences. And uh, God is looking for humans to distribute finances to the world through. And uh, a way that we're supposed to do is pray, get, and give. What most Christians do is they pray, get, and keep. And he's not going to keep giving it to you if you're going to keep keeping it. So 
uh, as Brother Cox mentioned in his sermon uh, last night, is that there's nothing wrong with enjoying some of the nice things in life. Uh, but uh, you've got to keep the needs of the missionaries around the world in mind and uh, that God would uh, uh, use you to give to those needs. So as the need is presented this week and uh, the uh, curtain to the world is sort of pulled back and we see those things, uh, keep a heart tender to what God would have you do in your giving uh, financially to see the gospel go around the globe. Uh, um, I'll tell you what, ushers, if you could go ahead and come forward at this time and we're going to collect uh, our love offering for the missionaries uh, right now. And so plates are already up here, gentlemen. Just make your way on up. And all the money that's put in the plate tonight, unless it's designated otherwise, will go straight toward uh, the love offerings for our missionaries as well as cost of the missions conference. So uh, open up your pocketbook and give as the Lord leads. And let's take care of our missionaries. They're giving up a lot of their time to be here. And so uh, we want to do right by them. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll, uh, we'll collect the offering. Uh, Brother Syrat, if you would lead us in prayer. Turn into your songbook, 539 in the songbook. We're going to sing Rescue the Perishing, 539. We'll sing the first and last, hymn 539. Verse number one. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. We for the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. On the last, rescue the perishing, duty demands it, strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently win them, tell the poor wanderer a Savior has died. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. All right.
we're excited to have the uh, Raiders in town uh, from Peru. And uh, they're going to come and sing for us. And then once they're done singing, uh, Brother Mark's going to preach for us. So you guys come on up. We'll look forward to hearing it this time.
Well, it doesn't matter how you sing. Just marry a wife that knows how to sing. Amen? She'll camouflage. And, uh, we are so thrilled to be here. Um, thank you so much, y'all. Thank you uh, for the help getting here. And thank you so much for the hotel. Uh, the treats are amazing in the hotel. I am enjoying them. I have plenty of evidence that I am enjoying them thoroughly. And uh, it's just, just been great. Uh, we walked in the hotel. I'm like, oh my goodness, they lavished us. Uh, we ate at the Subway today with your Subway card. And we met uh, Tanisha Johnson, who used to go to church here. And she, she said she might be able to come tonight. I don't know if y'all remember her or not. But uh, she, uh, she says she had a good time. The Johnson girls. I don't know if anybody remembers the Johnson girls. Uh, but she said to say hello. And uh, we, uh, well, Saturday night, we just had a great time. We got here to the church, and then we went and ate at Paradise Pizza, and then we ate at uh, Paradise Ice Cream, and then we went and ate at Paradise Simpson. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Simpson family. It was great. I love meeting the, the corn snakes and the blue, blue tongue lizard, uh, blue tongue skink. There we go, blue tongue skink. And their tiny little cat named Tigger, and their tiny little dog named Buddy. Man, Big cat, big cat. And uh, just had a great time with you guys. And just, wow, you guys made me feel at home tremendously. Uh, I, I come from a family of criminals, but you made me feel at home. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, okay. There goes my support. All right, there we go. But you guys are great, man. And uh, the, the Campbells, we ate lunch with the Campbells yesterday. I felt right at home with them, man. They're so down-to-earth people. They're great. And uh, Brother Joe, thanks for the computer word, Brother Joe. Hey, there's the Campbells. I didn't see you yet. All right, good to see you. And uh, where'd Brother Joe go? Brother Joe. Hey, all right, Brother Joe from Turkey. And uh, he, uh, thanks for the computer. That, that, y- y'all floored me with that. And uh, thank you so much. Well, we're going to put that to a lot of use. Thank you so much. And um, my, my mother gave me a computer for graduation uh, from college eight years ago. And uh, it's, it's on its way downhill. <laughs> so... Thank you so much. Um, five Guys Burgers and Fries. Mm, that was great. Thanks. Where are the teenagers? Any teenagers? Make it back. I didn't offend you. I didn't scare you off. Okay, good. And uh, thank you so much. I had a great time with you guys last night. And uh, Brother Lejeune, thank you so much for this privilege. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying this church tremendously. And uh, uh, Brother Cox, but I, I'm, I'm humbled to be here with these two men. Uh, these two men are are, are inspiring. The two of my heroes, Brother, Brother Cox, he was in college. Uh, when I was in college, he was one of the professors there in the missions department. I had a class with him. I, I think I failed it. And, uh, but uh, anyway, the uh, <laughs> guy here, he's like, what are you doing here? No. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, we, we uh, just a man of passion. Uh, he's, he's got holy energy. It's just amazing, Brother Cox. You're an inspiration to me. Thank you. And uh, Brother, Brother Carter, 42 years in Japan. Um, I was a teenager, about 15 years of age. I'm at First Baptist in Hammond, and Brother Heidel's gave you the 6 o'clock hour, and uh, you get up there. And I'm listening to Brother Carter as a 15-year-old boy, and I'm thinking, man, this guy, he knows Japanese. And he lives in Japan. He's been there 20 years. I'm not even 20 years old. And he could do all these things. Great man of character. I can't even make my bed in the morning. This guy, man, and uh, and I re- I told myself I, c- I can't be a Dave Carter. I can't do that. And I'm right. I can't be a Dave Carter, but I can be a Mark Raider, and I can take the gospel where I'm supposed to take it. And uh, and I don't know who you are. Don't know what your name is. Uh, a lot of you I've already forgotten your name. And uh, 
But it doesn't matter. Just be who you are and take the gospel where you need to take it. And just listen to the Lord. Listen to His voice. And the Holy Spirit says, witness to this person. Give this person a track. Always listen to them. And it's, it's, gonna, it's not just going to change their life. It's going to change your own life. And uh, thank you so much for all of you. This is great privilege to be here today. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Acts chapter 1. We're just going to read one verse. And I'm going to ask you please to stand. And uh, we'll read this one verse together. And then we'll get started here. I... Uh, I'm the runt of the missions litter here tonight. I'm the young guy. Um, I, uh, I'm going to preach how God wants me to preach tonight. I don't know you. I, I love you. But the uh, Lord has instructed His servants not only what to preach, but how to preach it. He says in Isaiah 58.1, He says, Lift up your voice like a trumpet. He says in Ezekiel chapter 6, verse 11, Smite with your hand, stomp with your foot. He, uh, my church in, in uh, Sudco, Lima, uh, the, the, the Peruvian people are very non-confrontational. They don't like confrontation. I remember uh, preaching how God wants me to preach. Has, you know, that really startled them. That shocked their system. And, uh, and so sometimes i got to tell them, I'm going to get excited on purpose. Amen. Amen. Sorry, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. Amen. <laughs> there we go. Amen. And, uh, and, and tonight, I'm going to get excited on purpose. And uh, because God wants me to. Uh, We've got a dying world, and we need to get excited about reaching it. Um, and if, if hollering in the pulpit bothers us, then we should never go to another sports game. We should never go to another party. We should never go to anything loud because that would make us hypocrites. And uh, so don't let, the, don't let that screaming preacher fool you. He loves you. Because he loves you, he hates sin. Because it takes people to hell. Amen. And so let's read this and let's, let's get started. Um, Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. The Bible says, please read with me together and, and uh, all together out loud, please. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, please use me tonight. Use me in spite of me. I beg, Father, that your, your presence, your spirit, it's, it's all vanity without you. Father, please be here with, with us tonight and please give us your wisdom on what to do. And Father, please give us your love for our neighbor. And may we love our neighbor as ourselves. And may we be just as concerned with his eternity as we're, we are concerned with our own. And Father, please use these dear people of White Oak Baptist Church to do great things in your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat there. And tonight, we're going to come back to this verse, but let's set the stage. Let's, let's see how God was always interested in reaching the world. And God has always been 
interested in reaching the world. That's why Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And that's why he built the ark according to the plan of salvation to show it all. And gentlemen, may I ask you in the back, could could you put up my slides please? Tonight we're going to talk about the tabernacle of witness. The tabernacle of witness. And uh, let's let's, uh, show that next slide please. Thank you gentlemen. This is a, a, a life a life-size recreation of the tabernacle. No, I, I couldn't tell you where it is. And, uh, but this is a life-size recreation of the tabernacle uh, from Moses' day. And uh, if, let's go on to the next one. Let's look at a, a computer graphic version of it. But when you came in the tabernacle, when you came in the tabernacle, you could only come in by one gate. There's only one door to the tabernacle. Who is the door? Jesus is the only door. And the tabernacle only had one door. The tabernacle shows us everything. Back in the book of Exodus, the children of Israel did not have the book of Exodus. They didn't have the Scriptures. But God gave them an object lesson. God gave them an illustration. And the priests were at the door of the tabernacle teaching daily. Teaching what? Teaching what it meant. What everything meant. And the priests at the door of the tabernacle would put their hands over the offering and cut the throat and spill out the blood right there in the doorway. And that's, that's amazing how they had to put their hands over the the, the macho lamb. And uh, they had to put their lamb, their, their hands, over the male sacrifice. And that's really interesting to me because the priest had to be 30 years of age when they started their office. And I'm thinking of two men that were 30 years of age when they started their office. John the Baptist, who is the firstborn of the high priest. John the Baptist was the firstborn of the high priest. That makes him, at 30 years old, the high priest. And he was 30 years old when he put his hands on Jesus and baptized him. And that's why he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Amen. He says, that's the Lamb. I just put my hands on the Lamb. Here we go. And, the, and he would put the hand on, on the sacrifice and he'd spill the blood. And the only way to come into the tabernacle was by the blood. And the first... The first piece of furniture you saw was the brazen altar. And the brazen altar, the brass, was a symbol of just judgment. And God suffered our judgment for Him. He took it all. He took it all just like they put the flesh hooks and stretched out the limbs to the four corners, to the horns of the, of the altar. They stretched out Jesus on the cross the same way. And then we have the brazen labor. And then we have... The tabernacle, the, the, inner, the, the inner tent of the tabernacle, the sanctuary, the sanctuary. That next slide, please, gentlemen. Thank you so much. And this is an overview diagram of the sanctuary. You had two rooms. The bigger room where I have the triangle is, uh, the triangle wasn't part of it, excuse me. I'm just trying to highlight the, the parts that we want to talk about tonight. Now, the bigger room is called the holy place. And the next room is the most holy place. That is... The, the Holy of Holies. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And the Shekinah glory, the presence of God. But right before that, you have three pieces of furniture. And that holy place. We're going to talk about those three pieces of furniture. The priests 
We're supposed to come into that holy place, that first part with three pieces of furniture, and they had to perform their duties. They had to tend to those three pieces of furniture to make sure that they were functional daily and all day. And they had to... No, let's go back. Thank you so much. And so they, the only person that could go into the most holy place, that was the... the I'm trying to say it in Spanish. Sorry, y'all. The, the high priest. The high priest. Now, who is our high priest in Spanish? Sumo sacerdote. Who's our high priest? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. He's our high priest. And who are his priests? Do they wear long robes and white collars? Who are the priests? Who is the holy priesthood? The royal priesthood. Who are called unto his royal priesthood? Who? Born-again believers. God bless you guys, man. I don't, I don't have to teach you nothing. I'm just going to leave. All right. The, uh, but not, well, let's have some fun anyway, shall we? All right. Now let's look at these three pieces of furniture here. We have three pieces of furniture. Look at the order that they're in. The one on top is the table of showbread. The table of showbread, where they kept the unleavened bread. And the one closest to the tabernacle, that's the altar of incense where they had to keep the incense burning and the smoke would rise right before the veil, before the holy place. And then that other piece of furniture is the golden candlesticks, like pure beaten gold. And that light and that oil had to burn all day, all night, every day, all the time. Constantly had to burn and shine its light. And they had to maintain those and keep them going. And ladies and gentlemen, those are the three parts of our priesthood. Next slide, please, gentlemen. Thank you. Here's a little visual illustration of them. On the top there, you have the table of showbread. Out in front, you have the altar of incense. And you have the golden candlesticks. And you have these three pieces. And these three pieces of furniture represent a triune priesthood given by a triune God. And this triune God, this Trinity God, He has given us three parts. And one part is the table of showbread where we have unleavened bread because He is the unleavened bread. That's why we use unleavened bread for the Lord's Supper because He is the pure lamb, the pure sacrifice. He is the bread of life. Amen. Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. He has the bread of life. And we are supposed to eat the bread of life daily. Amen. We're supposed to eat it daily, yes. He said, oh, it's like Ezekiel said, thy words were sweet and I did eat them. Yes. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And then we have the altar of incense where the smoke would rise right before the holy place, the presence of God. And it's just like David. David said in Psalm 141 verse 2 that his prayers will rise before him. As incense. He understood what it meant. He was talking about praying. And then the golden candlesticks. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And that's the three part of your priesthood. That's the three part of your priesthood, and it pertains to every believer. But this is what we do we want to go over here. And take these. And, and hold on, hold on. Let me, let me let me stop here. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm all, I'm all excited tonight. You know these three parts, they work together. They work together. You see, when I read my Bible, 
That leads me to pray more. And it leads me to tell someone about what I read in my Bible. And you know, when I pray more, I realize I'm confronted before a Holy Spirit and before God, and I realize I need to read my Bible more. And when I pray more, I have the power to go out and tell someone about Jesus. You know, when I go out and tell folks about Jesus, I realize that not everybody thinks like I do. Everybody's different. And I realize I need to study more. And I realize I need to pray more. I need more love. I need more grace. I need more power from God. How are we doing? But the sad part about a lot of believers is we talk a lot about prayer. We talk a lot about Bible reading. But when we want to take those golden candlesticks, we want to take it back there, pastor's all the way in the back. We want to take it to our pastor. Hey, pastor, I got some golden candlesticks for you right here. You want to take those? You want to take those golden candlesticks? Hey, it's pure gold, brother. You know what? He's not going to take it. On how wisely. He's not going to take it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you see, it's not your pastor's job to obey God for you. You want to support missionaries, that's great. We're going to go to other places and do it. But that doesn't excuse you from sharing the gospel here. Yeah, we're not all about work salvation, lest any man should boast. You see what I'm saying here? We've got to do it all for the glory of God. We've got to do it all. And it's, and it's all apart. And the reason why we're dying is because we're not opening up our mouths. Churches are closing because we have shame. We have pride. And we cannot humble ourselves before a mighty God. And a lot of times, humbling yourself before a mighty God includes humbling, humbling yourself in front of your neighbor. Opening your mouth and realizing, no, we don't know it all. Well, sometimes it's hard to communicate the faith. But the more you do it, the better at it you get. You see, if you're going to use your sword, you got to practice with it. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And listen, we have got to do all three. We have got to pray, read our Bible, and go soul winning. Doesn't it seem like your pastor is always talking about those three? Well, that's what it all comes down to. It's, I have married couples that come up to me and they say, Pastor, we need to meet with you. We've got some problems. Okay, great. I hear the problems and, and about an hour later, I say, now i got a question for you. Are you reading your Bible? They roll the eyes. Okay, Pastor. We're talking about our marriage. So am I. Talking about your marriage. Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Have you guys ever tried praying together? Pastor, we're talking about our marriage. So am I. So am I. You know, letting our light shine also talks about letting our light shine in our testimony and our word. It's letting it shine in all. Letting it shine. Next slide, please. Next slide. Please, look at this. Prayer, Bible, witness. Let's, let's go to the next slide there. And uh, Exodus 19.6. And you shall be unto me, read it with me, please, a kingdom of priests. Do you realize? Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, let's read it again. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. 
and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. A kingdom of priests. You realize this is, a, this is one chapter before the Ten Commandments? <clears throat> this is before they established the line of Aaron to be the priests. That was just an illustration. It was an object lesson. God says, I want all of you to be priests. He meant for every single one of them to be part of a spiritual priesthood to bring the world to Christ through Judaism and those days, the coming Messiah. And God wanted the children of Israel to take the message of the Messiah to the whole world. And they got to thinking, no, the gospel's just for us. God will choose them. God will bring them unto Him. He'll do the work. And listen, the children of Israel failed back then, just like the church is failing today. We think it's about us. We don't think it's about them. You're not here for you. I'm not here for me. I'm just here so I can go eat afterwards. Amen? How are we doing? You guys, are, you guys are an easy audience to preach to. So, Kingdom of priests. Yeah, we're all supposed to be about it. And that was always God's plan. Let's go to the next slide, please. Thank you, gentlemen. What do we got there? Acts 7.44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. It's really interesting. Next slide, please. How God, how God has named the tabernacle the tabernacle of witness. Five times in the Bible. It's mentioned as the tabernacle of witness. The tabernacle of witness. The tabernacle of getting the word out. Next slide, please. Acts 1.8. Here we go. From the Old Testament to the New Testament. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, when Jesus talked to His disciples about New Testament doctrines, and about what the New Testament church should do, do you know where He took them? He took them to the Old Testament. He opened up the Scriptures and showed them. And the his disciples quoted about 2,000 verses from the Old Testament showing us what we're supposed to do as a church. The Bible's perfectly in agreement, and the message has always been the same. Has always been the same. Solomon showed the temple to all the kings of the earth. That's mentioned in Acts, excuse me, that's mentioned in Kings and Chronicles. And you know what? I need four victims right now. Can I get four victims right now? I need four men victims. I promise you, I promise you this. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry about it. I promise you. I will embarrass you. All right. Anybody? anybody? Four victims? And, uh, okay, right back here. Brother, oh, I forgot your name already. Jim, it's not Mike? No? Brother Mike? Brother, what's your name? John? Brother John? Brother George? Who else? And Brother Mike? We got a Brother Mike. Are you here to escort me away? Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> brother, brother Mike? Brother John, why don't you right here? And then, brother, brother, uh, okay, let's, ha let's have you right here. You're Brother John, right? Yes. Brother John right here. Brother George right here. And then, Brother Mike right here. 
And then Brother Jim, again, okay. Brother Jim, can I ask you to go over there as far away from us as you can? Thank you so much. And uh, did I do good on the casting, Pastor? Okay, thank you so much. All right. Here we go. We, you know, I want to draw attention to that word both. And, I, and I've heard you guys draw attention to this already, this, this passage of Scripture. But the Lord still told me to touch on it tonight. And this is key. This is both. You see, this guy represents Jerusalem. I told our church when I was preaching on missions, I told them, I said, when I left Hammond, Indiana, I lived in Hammond, Indiana. I grew up for the house of my pastor until I was 20. And, uh, and when I left Hammond, Indiana, Hammond, Indiana was my Jerusalem. Because that's exactly where I was. God was telling them, reach the people exactly where you are. Witness to your friends. Witness to your family. I have witnessed to my best friends. The first people I led to the Lord were my best friends. And yes, my knees knocked. And my lips quivered. And I was ashamed. But you're going to get over that. You're going to get over that. You have to overcome. We are more than overcomers. Amen? Amen? Sorry. More than conquerors. That's what it is. There. One of those things. Okay, here we go. And so, the... Uh, <clears throat> Right where you are. I remember witnessing to my uncle. The courage I had to muster. To witness to my uncle. Did he listen to me? No. I remember that I witnessed to my grandfather. What did he do? He cussed me out and called me a blankety-blank preacher. Money-grubbing preacher. I proved that. I said, I'm going to be a missionary. Oh, that backfired, didn't it? <clears throat> anyway. So, the, uh, so here we go. We got our Jerusalem. Right where you are. The people right where you are. We have Judea. The area around. God says, I want you to reach where you're at. And outreach to the communities around you. Both. At the same time. You're going to make an effort here. And an effort here. Simultaneously. And then we have Samaria. Brother Mike, how you doing? Yeah, Brother Mike is... Um, those people we don't talk about. Those Samaritans. Yeah, those Samaritans, they were the half-breeds. The Assyrians came in and conquered them and, and took their women and, and, and mixed-bred them and took away their national pride, took away their, their racial pride, and they were always looked down upon and belittled by those Jews that were better than us. And you guys are better than the Samaritans. Yes, you are. You are the pure blood. You are the contaminated. Okay? He's, the, he's, he's that race that you're not comfortable with. He's that different culture that you're not comfortable with. And he's, he just doesn't think, you know, he's just got a personality that rubs me the wrong way. Or he could just be your enemy. Let me ask you something. How would you respond if God touched the hearts of your enemy and they came to this church? Would you leave? Would you leave? Because it's amazing how churches kind of eat their dead sometimes. Can you see this murderer? This genocidal maniac. We've got a bomber in Texas right now, don't we? Can you see the genocidal maniac walking into the back of the church? He has drugged people behind horses. He has decapitated people. He has tortured them. He has killed them. He has killed fathers and mothers and children. And he has killed the members of the families of the church members. And they're scared and they're uncomfortable with him. And he comes walking into the back of the church building. Here comes 
the Apostle Paul before he's the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine the church when the Holy Ghost of God told them, I want you to forgive Paul and I want you to embrace Paul. By the way, I want you to train him to be one of the church leaders. Your mortal arch enemy, and now he has to lead you spiritually. Have we ever stopped to think about that? That Paul was the Samaritan of the church. And look what God did with him. And then we have this guy way out here in no man's land. Oh, he's much different than just a Samaritan. He's way out there. We don't understand him. He's, listen, folks, when we came to Peru, it was like arriving on another planet. I'm like, oh my goodness, the air's different, the food's different. I'm feeling it because the food is really different. And uh, we won't go there. And, and, and it's just, I can't speak the language. I arrived in Peru and I didn't speak Spanish. And uh, I had to learn it there. And, and, and that was a struggle. And I got frustrated. And God wants us to go suffer that as well. But let me tell you something, folks. Let me share a secret with you. Churches that do not win souls to Christ and share the gospel where they are, they forget why they're supposed to do that way over there. And they don't see the reason to forgive their enemies because they have an eternal soul as well. And they don't see a greater need to their other community. They say, well, there's other churches. They should do it. And we lose our connected connection with reaching the world because we're not sharing the gospel with our own lips. And the Word of God is not burning in our own hearts. Jeremiah said, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm not going to speak in His name. And the Bible says the words of God burned in His bones and He couldn't contain it. Prayer. Read your Bible. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. Let's give these gentlemen a big hand, shall we? Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. We got some misconceptions about talking about the wicked. We do. We, we say, you know, the wicked, you know, God's going to send them to hell. God's going to judge them. And ladies and gentlemen, let me admonish you, please don't go there. Do you realize that not even God wants to judge the wicked? Look, next slide, please, gentlemen. We have here, uh, next, next slide, please. Next slide. We have here, the Lord is not, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But that all should come to repentance. It is, listen, that word willing, we're talking about the will of God. Do you realize if somebody goes to hell, they go to hell against the will of God. Whoever goes to hell, goes to hell and they're out of the will of God. Because it is not God's desire, it is not His wishes, it is not His plan that any should perish. You're going to go to hell? You're going to go to hell against what God wants for you. So when we glory that people get their just rewards, be careful. Because as Christ told Peter, that spirit is not of God. You know not what spirit you are of. Be careful. 
Be careful. Next slide. That's in the Old Testament too. We have Ezekiel 33.11. It says, Say unto them, As I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye! Turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Why will they die? Why will they be stumped into hell one day? Here's God, and He's got an eternal soul that He formed and He fashioned from the beginning. And He's got to take... When God sends folks to hell, it's like taking out the garbage. It's a waste. It's a loss. And He takes the wicked... And he says, this wasn't my plan for you. I've, this is just a waste of so many resources. I gave you a body. I gave you a soul. I, gave, I created all the realm of creation for you. And now I've got to let you go. What a waste. What a waste. It's not his plan. It's just God has to be the garbage man. Why do we make God the garbage man? He did his part. And so the waste, that responsibility and that blame falls on us as the church. Ladies and gentlemen, in my life I know in many cases I already have blood on my hands from people I didn't witness to. I'm not trying to say I'm better than you and I do this better than you. No. I'm trying to say, please, please, let's wash our hands and let's share the gospel. Let's share it. We don't need any more blood in our hands. We don't need any more. Let's tell everybody. Let's love our neighbor. And what better love can we show them than to lay down our own lives and show forth the gospel? Am I asking someone here to be a martyr? Absolutely not. We live in a free country. But there's the funny thing about freedoms. You're going to use it or you're going to lose it. That's the way freedom works. If you don't use it, then you're not going to miss it when it's taken with, from you without you knowing. And Brazil recently, they outlawed evangelizing. I don't think they did that because it was a heavily evangelized country. Because if it was a heavily evangelized country, they wouldn't do it. You see what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen? And let's be careful that the light is not snuffed out where we go. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. Go back a couple slides, would you, would you please, gentlemen? Thank you. Right, right there. Right there. And he said unto them, Go ye. Go ye and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Listen. The most difficult part of the Great Commission is go. I had the privilege of being mentored by Ted Spear when I was in college. He's the head of our Ghana team in, in West Africa. Brother Spear made a great statement to me because I'm the type of guy like I want to get it all figured out before we jump into it and commit and Brother Spear just said Mark forget about it he says Mark you got to learn how to think on your feet he's just start just get started put things in motion it's time to put our evangelism in motion and let me tell you something we have people of all ages in our church. And don't let, just as Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone despise your youth. Don't let anybody despise your age, no matter what age you are. Young or old. It doesn't matter. 
You can do great things for God. You can do wonderful things for God. You just need to yield yourself to Him and have faith. You just need to yield yourself to Him and have faith. And you know, I just want to... You can send it to the last slide if you don't mind, gentlemen. This is my message tonight. This is my message. I might get you out of here a few minutes early, but it's my message. It's real simple. If you have a pen and a piece of paper, I want you to pull it out for me tonight. Would you do that for me? I want, I want you to, to make a practical commitment. And if you'll do this, you will see the connection between winning souls to Christ and missions. Our people in, in Peru, it's amazing. We have, an, we have a general in our, in our church. He's not a general in the army. He's a general in the police force. This man, he'll go to these police clubs. He's retired, and he'll talk to all of his prestigious buddies, and he'll witness to them. Does that mean they're all going to get saved? No. A lot of them hear him. They're kind of floored. This great man of age and prestige is witnessing to him about Jesus. That's amazing. Got another man. He's an army colonel. And his wife was... They were, and him and his wife, they're very prestigious people. They, they were involved in the Adventist church and, and they got to studying because they saw the inconsistencies between the teachings of Ellen White and, and the scriptures they studied. And their son came to our church and found our church. We had a three-hour Bible study at their, church, at their house about why Jesus is the Sabbath. At the end of the Bible study, Carlos looks at his mom and dad and says, Mom, you got any more questions? No. I'm convinced. Dad, you got any more questions? No. No more questions. That's it. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. It doesn't matter what their walk is. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor. Let's, let's stop discriminating against economics. Just as much as race. It doesn't matter what color they are and it doesn't matter how much they make either. Whether poor or rich, they want the Word. Lift up Christ. And if Christ be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Let's just lift up Christ. Do you have your pen and your paper ready? Or borrow one or tear a piece of paper from a friend? Does really, does anybody need a pen? Anybody? Okay, please, look at your piece of paper and do this for me. This is the invitation. And I want you to pray tonight over what you're going to write on this paper. I want you to write down on this paper three people that you know need to hear the gospel from your lips. Now, unless you're hiding in a closet all your life, you you, you probably are going to know three names. Three names. Neighbors? Co-workers? Who is it? Please, I beg of you, please let the Spirit speak to you tonight. I want you to put those three names down on your piece of paper. Who are they? Are, Are they a relative? Are they a neighbor? Are they friends from school? Kids, this is for you as well. You can share the gospel. It's a simple message. Trust Christ, Him alone. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're all sinners. The the gospel is simple. The truth is always simple. Lies have to be complicated in order to deceive. But the truth is very simple. And if you're unfilled, you never shared the gospel before, still, please write down three names. Just listen to the Spirit. And let me tell you something. Every Saturday morning, you can come out and go with someone in the church 
and learn how to win someone to Christ. Tuesday evenings, right, Pastor? Tuesday evenings. You can go out and share the gospel. We'll be here tomorrow evening. But, but just about every Tuesday evening, ladies and gentlemen, you go out and share the gospel. There are opportunities. Three names. You got your three names? Raise your hand if you got three names. God bless you guys. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Miss Rachel's going to come to the, the piano at this time. Just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And when we stand to your feet, don't pause. Come right down the aisle and come right down here and take those three names and you're going to bathe them in prayer and you're going to look at the Scriptures and you're going to open your mouth for Jesus. Table of showbread, the altar of incense, and the golden candlesticks. Bible prayer and witness. You're going to need God. You're going to need to pray. You're going to need to know the Word. And let's do it all. Those three names, they're going to hear the Gospel from you. Not that they'll get saved or not, but they're going to hear the Gospel from you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's all stand to our feet at this time. The piano will play. Come down right at this moment. Right at this moment. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Please, don't wait. Don't let fear paralyze you from moving forward and doing something for God. This is for the Lord. This is our gift. The gift of our lips to God. Let's make a spoken sacrifice tonight. Let's give a spoken offering. We're going we're gonna to speak His name without shame. Because Mark chapter 8 says when we're ashamed of Him, He's ashamed of us. We're going to speak the Gospel. You got your three names? Say, Lord, give me power. Lord, give me courage. Lord, please, go with me. Am I asking you to go to Peru? No, I'm asking you to go to your neighbor. But if we can't even go to a neighbor, how are we going to go into all the world? I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done personally. Please, ladies and gentlemen, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory to yielding to the Spirit and doing His will. And His will, He's not willing that any should perish. He findeth no pleasure in the death of the wicked. We don't glory that God's going to defeat the wicked one day. No, we're going to mourn for them. That's why He's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. Because it's not something we glory in. We want to be children of compassion. Please continue to pray. Make sure God goes with you tonight. Thank you so much, White Oak Baptist Church, for letting me preach to you. God bless you.
All right, you can look this way. Thank you for that impassioned plea. I think the point that I'm taking away from the sermon the most this evening is that we will lose our perspective as to why we are giving to missions if we are not performing our part in missions here. And you're not ever going to go to the uttermost if you're not going to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem begins with your ones that are closest to you. You know, uh, the hardest people to give the gospel to is family. Because, uh, you know, you've got to try to maintain a relationship with them, even if it doesn't go well. Um, if you, uh, that family member of yours, if they lived in the house next to you, and you pulled up tonight when you got home, and that house was on fire, and, and you could see that uh, the roof of the house was on fire, and they were inside eating, and they were totally unaware that the house was on fire, would you be concerned what they would think about you if you went and banged on their door? I don't think you'd let them burn in their house because you're worried about what they thought. You'd, tell, you'd go tell them. And you'd tell them with a lot of passion and concern. And uh, one day, Jesus is going to come back. We're going to uh, stand in heaven. And I don't, want, I don't want to regret that there was family I didn't tell. Get the gospel out there. Get the gospel out there. Share it with everyone. Get some gospel tracts with you and share those with you as you go. Show up on Tuesday night or on Saturday night or Saturday morning and, and help us get the word out uh, that Jesus saves. Brother Raider, thank you so much. Let's give him a round of applause as a thank you for the message this evening. Tomorrow night is an exciting night. We're going to have an international dinner upstairs from 5.30 to 6.30. And uh, so make sure you come and bring those dishes if you can dress accordingly, uh, dress up for that, that'd be a lot of fun, be great. And then uh, at, right at 7 o'clock, we'll get going. We're going to have a shorter sermon uh, uh, tomorrow evening. And then there's going to be a question and answer time. We'll have all the missionaries on the platform. And we did that last year. It was uh, very popular, really well received last year. Looking forward to doing it again, getting to know our, our missionaries better. So uh, come uh, prepared for that. Your heart will be blessed. I guarantee it. And you'll be glad that you did. Thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, also, if we could band together as a church and pray this nor'easter around us that's coming on Wednesday. I really, really don't want this to mess up our missions conference. So uh, let's pray. And uh, look, look, God has uh, done harder things than move the weather around before. So uh, we can at least pray and he'll hear us on that. Whether or not he answers would be up to him. And let's pray for that. The snowstorm is coming on Wednesday that we can still have our... Uh, missions conference in spite of that. Amen. Well, hope to see you back tomorrow night. Be in prayer about what the Lord will have you to do as far as the giving to the uttermost and uh, filling out. We love you from our hearts and from our souls. We pray that you continue uh, to bless us with your
pray that you continue to give us good ways with the conference board. As it is in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't yet, get by, see the missionaries at their table, talk to them, let them know that you're glad they're here, get to know them a little bit. Have a good night.